Hey, you're listening to the RFWP Podcast with your host, Lois McNair and Emily Lewis, where you'll find candid conversations, transparent faith, encouragement, the occasional sarcasm, and a whole lot of grace as they share their walk with Jesus. Here's today's episode. I don't even know if I want to be formal. I just want to say, <laughs> hey, guys, we're back. Yay. <laughs> Have you missed us? Of course you've missed us. Of course. I mean, I've missed us. Certainly. I have if, too. <laughs> if I've missed us, then. <laughs> no, it's like we take a break and I felt like there were crickets. Like, okay, Cool. Like nobody's wondering when we're going to be back. This is awesome. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe nobody was listening to begin with. Uh, well, I, I know we have at least one listener because my dogs listen to the podcast every week. Aww, they're such <laughs> loyal supporters. They are with, with absolutely no freedom of choice for whether or not they're listening. <laughs> Captive audience. Oh. Hi guys, we are back. And welcome to the Sister Seeker podcast. You probably saw on our logo that we switched up the name. Did we switch um, it up or do we just we just moved the pieces? Right. Right? Mhm. So We wanted it to be something when we say the Sister Seeker podcast where we're seeking truth and finding God's heart. It's a little bit more self-explanatory than, and a little bit less of a mouthful than RFWP. Okay. You don't need to, you don't need to send us emails or comments about how confusing the letters were because we already know that, thus the change. (laughs) (laughs) We still want to be relational. We still want to have wonder of God and purpose and help you own your faith. Yeah. We still want to do all of that, but we just are going to go back to sister seeker. Right. So it's official. It's official. Ta-da. It's official. (laughs) Is that Um, your final answer? um, For now. It's my final answer. (laughs) people are like seriously guys you've changed it once you're already thinking about changing it again it's kind of like your living room furniture like it's good where it is for about six months and then bobby and i are like well what if we moved it this way (laughs) yeah um don't put me in a box it's true i would never try Mm -hmm. to do that to you you wouldn't (laughs) so I want to know, Lois, it's been a couple months since we recorded, and wow, what has been up in the world <laughs> or the Twitter world oh, that, no, the that's... Need, that the people wait, need wait. to know about? How long is tonight's episode supposed to be? Because <laughs> you literally just um, said two months of the world. I'm like... <laughs> Girlfriend, we do not okay. have time for that much tonight. You're going to have to hone it down for me. 
last week, the last week? Sure. Do you have anything? Okay. So before we dive into the hot takes of the recent internet <laughs> and Twitter, <laughs> I, I want to get in my micro joy and I want to give a major Ooh. shout out to Melinda Wright um, in the RFP fam. She's been so um, consistent and faithful about putting up Micro Joy Monday. And I think it's just brought a lot of fun and laughter and joy and meaning to a lot of people. So thanks, Melinda, for doing that. Um, I love it. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But so yeah, this is it. really a Micro Joy. Okay. I don't know if you've jumped on the Wordle train, <clears throat> but... My micro joy right now is Wordle. The dude so Wordle fun. that created Wordle. <laughs> I love it because you can't like it's it's only one time a day. If you don't know what Wordle is, you need to go and Google it. And if you're a words person as opposed to a numbers person, um, it's fun. And don't cheat because that makes it less fun. Hey, have you heard of the number one, though, since you mentioned numbers? The what? The Nerdle game. Oh, Nerdle. I thought you said number one. I'm like, No, I well, said the duh. number game. Yeah. Have you heard of Nerdle? <laughs> I have not. It's super fun, too. Okay. But Wordle yeah. is my micro joy. <laughs> Yay. That's a really fun micro joy. I think so. <laughs> yeah. My micro joy is watching the sunrise. Uh, my business mentor has watched the sunrise every day for over a year straight. Wow. Or, or, and I think she's been doing it for a few years off and on. And she's talking about all the health benefits of it. And it's like, okay, I can <laughs> be more aware of the sunrise every morning. But it's really I think it cool. depends on what – what time zone you live in if you want to get yeah, up it, early or yeah it, I yeah, mean it, I know it goes across I'm not like <laughs> yeah because even yeah farther south it's um earlier but so. um, that's been really <laughs> that's fun cool <clears throat> yeah I've seen some a, of your pictures that you've posted mm -hmm. um it's a really of sunsets still and sunrises yeah. of just having to be aware. Um, Gretchen, my business mentor, calls it the fr a free gift. You That's know, cool. God displays it out there for us and we just have to go receive it. I love Super that. Mm -hmm. So your so. business mentor is mm -hmm. Gretchen. Correct. My mom's name is Gretchen. You don't hear that very often. So I did not know your mom's name was Gretchen. My mom's name is Gretchen. And my mom is with me for a month. That's awesome. So, yeah. We're having fun. I'm glad. Good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. All right. I'm going to put you back in the hot seat. Ugh. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Recent hot events. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. There are several... <laughs> But the one that just, like in the last, what, 48 hours or so, not really the last 48 hours, it's been coming for a while. But, I mean, Greg Locke is, is, <laughs> it's going to sound harsh. Boy has lost his mind. I'm sorry. 
the stuff that he is saying from his pulpit, the stuff that they're doing, him jumping from one thing to the next, and then this week in his message on Sunday, he literally was telling his congregation that um, they had six witches in their church. And I did say witches with a W <laughs> in their church. <laughs> Some of you are like, yep, yep, it's true. <laughs> but <laughs> witches in their church and and said three of them were there that Sunday. And he like put them on, you know, put them on the spot. And and um, just you have to go look up. And, and people have said, well, so-and-so's taking that section of his sermon out of context. Let me tell you something. There is no taking that section of his sermon out of context. He literally says in his, in his sermon that demons had revealed to him that there are witches in his church that are trying to destroy his church and his congregation. Right. And he so was he was calling out <laughs> six women, women. Oh, oh no! He did a caveat. He he said he oh. he 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 didn't let people know that two of those witches were men. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the demon told him that later. By the way, you messed up in your message. It's not all six witches are women. That two of them are men. <laughs> I don't know, but he oh. like literally in an, in a post interview, whatever he said that, you know, two of them were, were men. And he even said, <laughs> like, if you, like, if you even so much as cough wrong, I mean, like we're threatening people in church. Okay. So let's give the ginormous wide benefit of the doubt because I'm, because I know that witches exist. I know that demons are real and all that kind of stuff. So let's get the major benefit of the doubt that, that is possible. Okay. But he got the word from a demon. And how reliable are they? I mean, seriously. <laughs> Who's your source, Greg? Who's your source? <laughs> it's... A demon told me this. Okay. And I know demons can speak. So all you people that are like, yes, but yes, but okay. So all the caveats I know. Okay. Cause I know mm -hmm. when demons were cast out in scripture that they spoke, you know, I understand all that, but um, yeah, if it's, it, and then a couple of weeks ago we had a book burning. Yeah. And a couple videos before that or around right yeah right before that he was calling out different uh diagnoses as demon possession oh He's yes completely yes. off his rocker let me tell you something when he started calling that and started saying that kind of stuff i have i have family members who are um on the spectrum who are autistic or and and intelligent and beautiful and exactly who they are in God's creation. And for him to make those kind of statements, I mean, and, and the thing is, I don't, 
I don't know if anybody's checking him. You know, I mean, I know we're saying stuff on social media and jazz, but I don't know if anybody like in the Nashville area is like checking him and like, dude, no, you have to it, stop. Knowing what it's like to be on the inside of a spiritually abusive um, church, it's scary. Yeah. And, 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 you know, to even, there are so many things and I tweeted about it today. There, there's so many things that disqualify him. I can't even call him a pastor because he's not mm. a pastor. Mm-mm. Um, besides the fact that he left his wife for his secretary, mm. um, you know, and the whole thing, I, I'm just like, yeah. Okay, I'm taking too long on my hot take, but you ask, and that just—I did ask. It just sometimes I just scroll on past. I'm like, ain't nobody got time for that. But this one <laughs> right. was just like, oh my gosh, it's <laughs> like, oh. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. and you, any any things that have bothered oh. you? Oh. <laughs> You didn't want me to ask. See, I'm sorry. It's not fair for you to ask me and I have to answer and I don't get to ask you. It doesn't work that way, chick. So I've seen a lot of the, I don't know, the controversy, people being, well, that one dude's tweet about modesty. And then, one, wait a minute, back up. One dude's tweet about modesty. Okay. I saw... A specific As though it's one. an isolated situation. <laughs> right? Because they don't know what the word modesty means in the Bible. Now, in our culture, modesty does, there is part of that, one of the definitions of modesty has to do with how much of your clothing is covering your skin. But that's mm-hmm. not the context in the Bible. Right. And, mm, yeah, when I try, I have a tendency because of, I think, fundamentalist, like being raised in fundamentalism. Girlfriend, you weren't just raised in fundamentalism. You were phrased in hyper-fundamentalism. Yes. yes. With aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe Greg ha- Locke has, um, maybe it's an alien instead of a demon that he's getting his messages from. Okay. I wonder if he and your former pastor are buddies. I don't know. But you know Greg Locke is former IFB. Yeah. Supposedly he's non-denominational. I'm like, no. I don't know any non-denominational churches that would actually <laughs> want you to come speak for them. Ooh. But anyway. Okay. I know mine so, wouldn't. <laughs> right. I have, I know this tendency of mine is when somebody says something that I disagree with that looks really dumb. It's really easy to just write all of their theology off mm-hmm. because it's, I don't know, it's harder to wrestle with like, what do they have right and what do they have wrong. Mm-hmm. But so I try to be, give them a like, well, maybe they just, this is a blind spot for them. But when you can't get the definition of a word right in context and you're talking about a woman's clothing and how much skin it covers and not talking about broidered hair and pearls. I question all of your 
apologetics and hermeneutics. Yeah. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. So there has to be more than just a tweet. Like what did you see on Twitter? So today I saw a list of standards that look like it came out of Hiles Anderson handbook. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It was from. I saw that too. I saw that too. (laughs) It came from some, some resource that, um, was dealing with um, biblical womanhood out of you know John Piper's church, and in their defense, I don't. Yeah, think it was John like Pi- two thousand two, right? I think yeah. it was two thousand two. And in their defense, John Piper's church wasn't like handing this out; it was published in a book for women. For oh, like, I thought that. I the, thought but that, another, but it looked like another, another church, church was, had copied it and like was handing it out. Was handing it out. <laughs> like, Oh my goodness, this isn't just, I, this, we left the IFB, but wow, guys, this is not just an IFB issue. Yeah. So that's why you and I did how many part series on dress standards and how many part series on like that whole Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to say this because I said this to you earlier Mm -hmm. at some point, I don't remember, but. Um, I saw, I saw a tweet today that talked about the war on modesty. Is that the same, same one? Somebody said, so the war on modesty isn't like a new thing, but, um, like they are surprised that, but the fact that the war for modesty was coming from Christians was surprising. Can I just say... Can I just say something as a female, as a, as a, uh, teacher, as a, as a person who studies scripture and as a, you know, pastor's wife, we're not in vocational ministry right now, but all of those things. And I was raised at church and studied and blah, blah, blah. Now I'm just like spewing words, but. Um, I don't even know why I felt like I had to give any credential caveat because I don't really <laughs> need credentials as a Jesus follower <laughs> and female <laughs> Jesus follower. Right. We, we're not warring against modesty. I'm not warring against modesty. Do you see what I'm dressed in tonight? No, nobody's warring. Well, I shouldn't say nobody, but the majority of us are not warring against modesty. That is not the point. That's not what we're doing. I'm not running around going, ooh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to wear that and all, you know. What the what the problem is, is the, um, is the way that it has been viewed, the way that it's been twisted, the way that it's been laid out. And I'm going to start into another episode here and I don't need to, but we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. nobody's we're not trying to not be modest that's why that's not why we bring it bring it up so we just can wear whatever we want to and nobody cares it's a personal decision as the holy spirit leads you and guides you but the way that i dress is is my responsibility for me and my relationship with christ the way that you 
assume that I need to dress because you struggle with lust, that is your responsibility. That's what the war against modesty is for us. Stop Mm -hmm. telling women that it's their fault if you're struggling with your own sin. It is not her mm-hmm. fault. It and that's the war. Well, okay. You know that you know that verse in Matthew where Jesus tells men that if they're tempted to lust, they're supposed to go tell I can't do this to you while you're taking a drink. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm gonna spew. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, he tells them to go tell women to wear more clothes. You remember that verse? <laughs> yes. 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 Let's see. Where no. is that? It's, it's um, in Hezekiah something, no, no. and then Matthew requotes it. Um, he's saying he tells them to gouge their eyes out if they're tempted with lust. Not to tell women to go dress more. Mm. Yeah. So the original tweet was, I, will, I won't quote his name because I bet he doesn't want his name quoted now. But it was, dear ladies, there is no reason whatsoever for you to post pictures of yourself in low-cut shirts, bikinis, bra and underwear, or anything similar ever. Not to show your weight loss journey, not to show your newborn baby, not to document your birth story. Signed, your brothers. That was yeah, and opinion. do you know how many brothers, like, jumped on that and said, dude, don't speak for me? Yeah, that, I can't even remember. Is his name Brian? Mm-hmm. Brian somebody. Anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's – we better stop because we actually have some content that we <laughs> wanted to cover tonight. Right. But I'm so excited to be back together, and I'm so excited to be recording. We needed the break, and, mm-hmm. you know, if nobody else noticed that we had a break, we needed the break. And just to spend time with our families and just kind of rest and reset – and um, and I'm so glad we did, but I'm mm-hmm. so glad we're back. Me too. It's gonna yeah. be fun. It's already yeah. been fun, but this topic is just gonna man. Since so, I'll introduce a topic. I guess um, we have done some episodes on the names of God, um, mm-hmm. Elroy and Jehovah Jireh, mm-hmm. and that is something that we want to spend quite a bit of time on. It's just the character of who God is. Who God is changes us. How mm-hmm. he shows up and pursues us and loves us and is just changes us without us doing all the striving and working. Mm-hmm. So it's so worth our time and our focus. But yesterday when Lois and I were trying to get together and like, what are we going to, what name of God are we going to pick? She said, well, you know, it's actually pretty incredible that God knows our name and mm-hmm. Ever since you said that, just sitting with that and reading through Isaiah 43, um, like letting my version app just read it to me over and over, oh, I know yeah. that our listeners are going to be so blessed by yeah. it. So before you read um, that passage in Isaiah 43 for us, I just want to mm-hmm. um, remind you guys, those of you who know Um, about Isaiah and Isaiah was a prophet and he spoke for God because of the message that God gave him. And prior to chapter 43, um, 
basically God is reestablishing himself. He doesn't have to reestablish himself, but basically he's reminding the Israelites, you know, back in chapter 42, like um, Isaiah is telling them what God has said. And he says um, in verse six, uh, thus says the Lord, and then he goes down to verse six, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. Um, in verse eight, I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other. Um, in verse 10, sing to the Lord a new song, his praise from the end of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that fills it, the coastlands and their inhabitants. And then we get into the last part of chapter 42 and and he has Isaiah tell the people that they have failed to listen, to hear, to obey him, to follow him. And so for several verses, he's like, hey, <laughs> you know, you guys have not been um, doing what you're supposed to do. You've not been listening. You've been blind. Uh, and and he just basically he, he poured out his anger on them. He, he lets them know wh what they're doing. So, um, and then that brings us to chapter 43, where he reminds them that he is their only savior. Mm -hmm. So Yahweh yeah. has reestablished himself and said, Hey guys, listen up, you know, and then we get to 43. So if you'd read that passage, that'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Man, there is so much to unpack in those first seven verses. Oh, it's so loaded. The Israelites were God's chosen people. They still are. Um, but I think that obviously we can glean from these passages of Scripture because a lot of Isaiah was quoted in the New Testament, whether it was talking to the Jews or the Gentiles. And so um, I think there is something to glean uh, in every yeah. passage of Scripture whether you whether you technically believe it was written for us or not, uh, God's Absolutely. word is alive, right? Yes. And so when you when you 
have been looking at the names of God mm-hmm. more on your, your own personal time. Um, what has stood out to you? What has been, cause we're, we're going to unpack a little bit of that. He calls us by name, but what's that been like for you recently? Um, thinking about God as all encompassing. He is healer. He is our protector. He is our provider. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He's not threatening to leave if we mess up. He's he's right there with us. And I'm kind of circling back to the first name of God that we did where Hagar named God Elroy. God, do you see me? Mm-hmm. Like he he knows me. And I think that really fits with talking about God, you know me, you know my name. And I mean, we've covered Psalm 139. God knows when we're rising and we're um, going down, you know, sitting down and thinking about God pursuing me. Because I think I found another just layer of um, area to heal in my relationship with God, feeling like he was still a little bit distant and realizing like I don't recognize where he is pursuing me. Um, so he is coming after us. And I love, you know, down towards verse seven, where he is calling the sons and daughters from the faraway lands and he's going to gather them. Like it's not, he's not passive and distant. He's, he's all encompassing. He's surrounding and he's pursuing me. He's pursuing you. And so that's what, you know, setting the character of God or the names of God. Yeah. That's what's been standing out. That's good. You know, um, I've been rewatching the chosen with my mom while she's been here. Cause she's never seen it. Mm. And it's just really sweet to, to just sit and watch it again. And, uh, the first, you know, the first two seasons to, to watch it again and, and to see her, enjoy that. The other night we were watching the episode where, um, where Nathaniel is called to follow Jesus Mm. and John, um, John writes about it in, in scripture and Nathaniel's like, you know, how do you know my name? And and it reminded me, because we're talking about him calling us by name, it reminded me when you said Elroy, because in that, Jesus tells Nathaniel, I saw you under the fig tree. Mm-hmm. And it blows Nathaniel's mind because he was out there by himself. Mm-hmm. I saw you under the fig tree. And then Nathaniel says, you are are the son of God. You are the son of God. Um, so he calls Nathaniel by name and then Nathaniel names the name of Christ. He says, you are the son of God. Mm. So I love how those two things are intertwined. Like you were talking about in Isaiah where God is establishing who he is mm-hmm. while also simultaneously establishing who his people are. Right. Same with Nathaniel. He's learning, oh, you are the Messiah. You are my Lord. 
I surrender mm-hmm. to you. While almost like it's the same things happening in his heart, like God sees me and I believe you, Lord. And it's just this beautiful almost dance of, I don't know, mm. which which one came first, but they're yeah. simultaneously working in your heart to transform. Right. So I I want to uh, break open the first the first three verses, the first part of verse three, um, where he says, um, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. So one, he, he tells them now he's just really laid down the hammer in chapter 42. And then Mm -hmm. he comes back in chapter 43 and he says, fear not for I have redeemed you. He's, he's telling them, I've, I've redeemed you. This is years, a lot of years before Christ is even born and comes to die on the cross to give us our redemption. And mm-hmm. God's telling the children of Egypt, of Israel, um, I've redeemed you. And then he says, I've called you by name. And I looked up with uh, several different um, expositions, um, different commentaries, and I and I love uh, what McLean's um, exposition um, or is it McClayson? I, I probably wrote it down wrong, um, <laughs> but he he basically says, "What does God's calling a man by his name imply?" And I thought, that is a great question. What does God's calling a man by his name imply? And it implies three things. One, Mm -hmm. intimate knowledge. You refer to uh, our love for Psalm 139. You know, the the no in there is the most intimate. It's the word yauda. So Mm -hmm. intimate knowledge. It implies a loving friendship, like a kindred, soul-tying friendship, not what we in our culture have as friends, but just that soul mm-hmm. sister, soul-tying, soul brother, kindred connection. And then the third thing um, is his likeness it implies his likeness and and it reminds me we are created in the image of god we are the imago day and then we take on his name mm-hmm. when we right. when when we ask him when we allow him to be our savior he's chosen us we allow him to be our savior we take on his name um my worship pastor said sunday and it was just crazy to me because all this started interflowing. It was where I was reading. It was also mm-hmm. the song uh, Back to Life that I led Sunday. And the bridge of that has two lines over and over. And it says, the enemy thought he had me, but Jesus said, you are mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that we take on his name. And, and our worship pastor said, um, when God looks at us, he, he doesn't see us as sinners. He sees us as saints because of what Christ has already done on the cross. You know, he was the propitiation for our sins. He was the advocate. He was the, 
you know, and so he looks through Jesus to see us. Now, I'm not talking about those who have not accepted Christ because he does not look at, you know, them the same. Um, he, he wants to draw them. He, he still loves them, but um, he doesn't see them as righteous until they've accepted him. But I love this because it's his, his likeness. And then, you know, you are mine. I look at you as righteous because you're mine, because of what I've already done. And I know here in Isaiah, he's talking to the Israelites, but this is a, this is a promise. And, and then we as Gentiles who are allowed salvation, um, the fact that he's called us by name, it, it, that does apply to us. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, we are, I love you talked about how we are giving God's name. And that's how verse seven ends. He's calling everyone that bears his name. Yeah. 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 I love that. So let's, let's look at starting to go um, in verse two, after he says, you are mine. Mm -hmm. You know, when I think about this, <laughs> I don't know why this, this analogy, but it's kind of like, um, I don't know. It's kind of like being a kid and being on the playground and there's a bunch of kids around and, and, you know, something like with kids happens is happens. And there's, you know, it's like name calling and there's this group over here. And usually there's just one or two people on the other side. And it's like, you know, all of the sudden, this unexpected person steps in front of these two kids and it's like, you can't mess with them. They're my friends. Mm. You know, it's like <laughs> God steps in and says, Hey, you're mine. You know, you're mine. Right. And anyway, he's willing I'm to fight. He's willing to exchange um, <laughs> the Egypt as your ransom and Cush and Seba in exchange for you, like he really is stepping in the middle. Like, no, 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 no. Yep. I will, I will fight them for you. <laughs> I will fight you. <laughs> right? Like, back down. They're mine. Yeah. So, um, but then you, you go to verse two, when you pass through the waters. And I, I like and don't like the <laughs> fact that it says when. <laughs> I, I would prefer for it to say if and when, you know, but if it or when, yeah. <laughs> if or when, mm. um, no, it says when you pass through the waters, it says when you pass through the rivers, when you walk through fire, it's, it's like, it's a given. And we know that the Israelites, <laughs> They were dealing with that and then they would deal with even more. But he mm -hmm. says, when you pass the waters, I'm with you. Through the river, I'm with you. you. You will not be overcome. Does it mean we won't deal with it? Does it mean there won't be hurt and consequences, but we won't be destroyed? Mm -hmm. When you walk through the fire, you won't be burned. The flame won't consume you. For I 
am the Lord your God. Lord in all caps there. And I I didn't check that specific place, but I have studied this before um, in a lot of translations when Lord is in all caps. It literally means Lord God Almighty. Mm-hmm. So he says, I, for I am the Lord God Almighty, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And then he says, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I love you. And I remember growing up thinking, oh man, Jesus knows my name. He knows everything about me. And it was a fear factor type thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, it wasn't a, um, you're precious in my sight. Right. No, even though we heard the songs like Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Mm -hmm. And then it says, um, they are precious in his sight. So we learn these songs in church when we're little kids. And Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect at some point, And the focus comes on Jesus knows you. He knows what you're doing. God, God's watching you as opposed to he knows me. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are times where I'm like, he knows me and I, and I know that something that I've done, it just, the sin, it, it, it burdens my heart. And I'm just like, oh, you love me so much. And I've, I've done this. And, and then he turns around and he says, you're precious. Yeah. I, you know, I did the work. You're forgiven. And, and you thank him for who he is and what he's done. What you said about God knows you on a deep level. Um, I think we've talked about this, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Knowing God and being known of God. And I was listening to, uh, last month I listened to The Gift of Being Yourself by David Benner. It is a powerful book. He's hmm. talking about how we can't have a deep knowing of God without a deep knowing of ourselves also. Because where we're um, we're hiding or shameful about places in our inside ourselves where we've fallen short, the -hmm. things that we're hiding and not embracing as you know what this is me I am a mess or I do have a struggle with anger or I do have this thing and it's not this lower view of self so that I can have a higher view of God it's just a deep knowing of yourself so that you let God into those places too and you get Mm -hmm. to know God um, on a deeper level um, as he reveals himself to you and you allow him to know and see those things that you you know he sees, but you kind of pretend that he doesn't. (laughs) right because our ways are not his ways his thoughts are higher than our thoughts so we can only think in this finite mind we can't think in the infinite mind so we we deceive ourselves sometimes and we go well I can hide this I can hide this from him 
Right. And we can't. And that can stunt our ability to know God when we are trying to hide or stay, um, I don't know, better than we are. I love how mm-hmm. um, the message writes that verse. You said when you um, when you go through the waters, the message yes, please. Says, yeah. I just want to read that third verse, and then I can read more if you want. But it says, when you're in over your head, <laughs> I'll be there with you. And as I was listening to that yesterday and I was walking, I was like, darn it. I don't ever like to admit that I'm in over my head. I've got this. I'm... I struggle with self-sufficiency and I am strong and I, you know, like learning to be dependent on God. All these listeners are going to start sending you verses on pride. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, believe me. It's, I'm in therapy too, y'all. I'm seeing a therapist over it. I love that. I love that. I'm, it's hard, but I love it. I mean, it's good. Yeah. But that verse, when you're in over your head, like we don't like to admit that. <laughs> and that it kind of blocks our ability to receive from God when we're like, oh, no, thanks. I got this. When he's, <laughs> he's like, okay, well, I'm not. You really? Okay. <laughs> but he he's right there and he wants to scoop us up and he wants to help us. Um. Yeah, that's kind of another tangent, but he knows us. Yeah. Um, in that deep knowing, like you're saying, not something we have to shy away from and be afraid of. I I couldn't help but get tickled when you were saying, uh, you know, you were uh, just kind of characterizing God like, really? You got this? You know, <laughs> I, I was thinking like he's sitting back, which, okay, guys. We know he's not doing this, but like he's sitting back going, oh, 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 you got this one. Okay. <laughs> and he's sitting here talking to Holy Spirit, you know, even though they're all, and he's like, okay, all right, watch this. Great. Five, uh-huh. four, three, two, one. Yeah. So how'd that work out for you? Right. You know, <laughs> just like, she'll be back. And that's the beautiful thing is God doesn't give up on us when we're like, uh, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. He is still right there with us. We don't ever get to the place where he's checked out and like, oh, okay, I guess you won't ever need me again. And I will just leave and never pursue you and never try to teach you or love you again. He doesn't give up that easily. And that's Mm -hmm. such a blessing. Yeah. (laughs) But, but. Let me ask you this, you, and it made me think of this, because we're all about untwisting the narrative, okay. you know, a lot in, in our episodes, and we, we want that. So you just said it's not like he gets tired and gives up and all that, but what about the narrative that gets perpetuated from the pulpit that if you do this, you're disconnecting yourself from God? He's not going to hear you. He's not going to hear your prayers. He's not going to, you know, you, like he's, he's sitting over here and he's closed the door and locked it. And is like, you know, when you really grovel enough, I may take you back. Right. Well, funny you should say that. I actually just wrote something yesterday about that, um, untwisting the narrative around kind of that same theme, but 
addressing it in a specific hymn that we all grew up singing, um, Trust and Obey. Yes. Because – Yeah. Um, but I guess to answer you – Which simply, we should trust him and we should be obedient. So that wasn't Right. The- no. It's just the, the narrative – It's not conditional. <laughs> right. Because that song even says, while we do his good will, he abides with us still. And that's, oh, wait, just while we're doing it? Right. But to answer your question simply, and I know this doesn't untwist the entire narrative, but did God say that he would never leave you or forsake you? Or I'm pretty sure only, that's in scripture. Only when you've got it together or only when you're mm. not disappointing your father. No, he is so secure in who he is. That yeah. you can't threaten that with your distrust of him. Or when we do stray, mm-hmm. he is constant and not, we don't, cha- he does not change who he is or how he shows up in the world because of our lack of faith or our missteps. Mm. Yeah. So going back to, our original passage, um, it starts in verse one, but now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he mm-hmm. who formed you, O Israel, fear not for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I don't know this for sure, but I do know that large portions of Isaiah or portions of Isaiah are quoted all throughout the new Testament. So these are passages, these promises of God, these affirmations that the children of Israel belong to him. They were memorized and passed down from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. So even though this passage isn't, I, I couldn't find it specifically quoted in the New Testament, even though there are several other passages of Isaiah in the New Testament, you have to know that this passage, those who were taught by their parents were, um, had this passage memorized. Remember what the prophet Isaiah said? The prophet Isaiah said, fear not for God has redeemed you. God has called you by name and you are his. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just want, I just want, our listeners, and for you and I both to just really dive into taking that on 100% that Mm. he has already redeemed us. He has called us by name and we belong to him. Yeah. I love what you said. Um, Just taking that on almost like just believe it fully. When the Mm -hmm. thoughts come in that um, our enemy likes to plant seeds of doubt in, well, you're not really good enough or you're not worthy Mm -hmm. of God's love or old patterns, those seeds that were planted 20 years ago, those old patterns of, am I, am I really loved by God? Is he really here with me right now? You mean I don't have to invite him to be here because he's right here with me or just... He's in my presence. When those thoughts Mm -hmm. come up, 
put on the truth. Speak back to those lies. Get right. I don't know if you should get aggressive is the word that comes to mind, but just say, (laughs) absolutely not. That does not belong here. And speak that truth back over yourself. Um, Speak scripture over yourself. Because Isaiah 43. Yeah. I mean, Satan knows scripture. He, he knows the scriptures, speak it back to him. And, you know, the song that, that we led Sunday, the back to life, Mm -hmm. um, it's portions of it are based straight out of scripture. And, um, the chorus says no longer I who live, but Christ in me for I've been born again. I've Mm -hmm. been set free. The hope of heaven before me, the grave behind. Hallelujah. He brought me back to life. Mm. And then I already told you earlier, part of the bridge says the enemy thought he had me, but Jesus said, you're mine. You're mine. And here it is in scripture. You are mine. I've called you by name. Mm. Yeah. It's so powerful. Mm. Guys, we're so excited to be back with you. I hope you just take this passage and read over it and read over it and just let it soak in. And um, I'd love to hear, we'd love to hear some feedback from you um, regarding Isaiah 43 um, Mm -hmm. and what it's meant to you. Maybe you have a story that you're already so familiar with this passage and it's, it's been a part of your life. We would love to hear that too. You can, you can message us. um, And I, Emily, we're going to put kind of some of the, changes in our names right in our in our show notes right will we do yep. that and then um and just so you guys know um we Emily and I've made a decision together that instead of trying to release every single week we want to be good stewards of our time um good stewards of our study time good stewards of of your time mm-hmm. and um and make sure that we're ministering to our families and that we're taking care of ourselves as well. So, um, so we're going to be doing uh, a bi-weekly podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's bi-weekly twice yeah. a month. Some months we'll have five okay. weeks, but yeah, yeah bi-weekly and, um, and I'm really excited be- and I'm not going to tell you who, but our next episode is an interview. We'll reveal that later. You guys are going to love it. It's going to be so fun. I can't <laughs> wait to sit down with her. Yeah. So fun. And we want to thank our patrons on Patreon for supporting the show. You guys are such a blessing and encouragement to us. And we will see you again in two weeks with an awesome interview. Thanks for listening and for hanging out with us, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. As always, you can reach out to Lois and Emily at hello at sisterseeker.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean the world to us if you would consider supporting the RFWP. You can go to patreon.com slash sisterseeker. Another way to show your support is by leaving us a review. This helps get this cause and this message to more women like you. We'll see you next week. Thanks for being here, friend.